0: Greetings, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Communication Guru Podcast, where we believe it is not always what you say, but how you say it that matters. I'm your host, Tim McMurtry, President and CEO of Tim McMurtry International LLC, a business consultancy specializing in personal development and government and public affairs, along with corporate and community relations. I'm delighted to have you join us today. On this show, and I thank you for your listenership and viewership. As you know, our aim on this platform is to discuss the nuances and insights relative to the communication continuum to help you maximize the impact and results of effective communication in your respective spheres of influence be it your workplace, be it your relationships, be it your business, etc. We're here to help you to become a top notch communicator. So be sure to like, subscribe, and share this particular podcast, The Communication Guru Podcast, The Communication Guru Podcast, one more time, The Communication Guru Podcast, so that you can be notified whenever our podcasts are up for public consumption. So there's an old adage that states, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And in some respects, that adage does hold true. However, as we've witnessed during the recent global pandemic, many things can actually change and not be the same as they used to be, never to return. In a similar fashion, we as human beings also change and evolve, thus positioning ourselves to best leverage mindsets, tools, communication methodologies, and various resources at our disposal to maximize our chances for success in life. On today's show, we are joined by an exciting guest who embodies this notion of change and evolution in self-expression through an eclectic mix of self-examination, resilience, the effective use of technology, social media, and not being held hostage to societal norms or the status quo. I met today's guest a few years ago at a unique speaking event called Disrupt Milwaukee, put on by the visionary human resources maven Kareen whitman Hollaback. Shout out, Kareen! What up, though? <laughs> Wherein speakers have five minutes and 20 slides that rotate every 15 seconds to give a keynote presentation about a topic that can disrupt the norm in areas of human resources, technology, and innovation. She and I both were presenters at that particular event and have been cool ever since that time. She's a real class act. She's the bomb and the diggity. And today she's going to go ahead and share some of those things with us. Since that time, she's gone on also to do great things as a multi hyphenated dynamo, as a street smart educator, entrepreneur, professional speaker, top shelf real estate broker and social media influencer. That said, please help me in welcoming to the show, the Sherry St. Marie. Welcome to the show, my friend. My
1: gosh, I don't know what to say after all that. Like, I've not quite heard it said like that before, but I am humbly just thank you. And, um, you know, right, you and I have a lot of flavor and personality and a lot of that stuff is all fun. It's, it's you and I rolling with our passion,
0: right? That's a fact. I mean,
1: that's, yeah. So thank you very much. Hey,
0: you are welcome. You are welcome. I'm <laughs> glad you were able to be in the mix with us on today. Yeah. So, so you recently relocated to the sunny sunshine state, Florida in Naples to kind of better accommodate. Uh, your booming real estate brokerage business while also maintaining a residence and presence here in Wisconsin. Can you share a bit with the listening audience about your background and career pursuits that have kind of helped get you to where you are today? Yeah, here's
1: the thing that's gorgeous. I was born in low income
0: Mm.
2: uh,
1: in a mobile home. We called it a trailer park back then. Wow. I moved up to a public housing project in Fargo, North Dakota, which I didn't used to tell people. Really? Uh, Yeah. My mom was a working secretary switch operator where you'd plug the, you know, take out the dial and put it to get somebody's phone number uh, Mm -hmm. back in the day. And, uh, you know, obviously didn't go to college. Back then, I was taught by my mother because that's what she was taught of. That's your lot in life. We're poor. You'll always be poor. It's just the way it is. Mm. And so I was thinking, my gosh, this is so sad. She unfortunately married somebody who adopted me at five who was incredibly abusive. So in first grade, I thought I was incredibly stupid because I was so shocked about what was going on at home that I failed first grade. Wow. I could not think and do math and whatever because at home I was literally having the crud shaken out of me. I was tiny because I'm five two as a grown woman, <laughs> so I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. And he would six to shake me by both my arms over my head with my legs shaken. As a little kid, yeah. If I wasn't number one, he adopted us, so we had his last name. And he said, "If you're going to have my last name, you better be number one." Right. And I'm thinking. I don't know how to do that at all. Right. So here here, fast forward, I was a and I didn't tell people that till I was thirty three years old. I felt so stupid. Wow. You know, I thought, oh my gosh, I am poor, I am stupid. And I was taught, well, you better be thin and pretty then. Those are your only options. Mm. Right. I mean, that's a sad beginning. Yeah. Right. And really I was an incredibly charismatic kid, but that was very beat out of me, both mm. both literally, physically, and also criticizing and shaming for being lighthearted and free and charismatic and entertaining people at five, you know, Uh of them laughing for something I said or whatever. That was very, don't you dare. And I was raised till 14 in a house of, you will not have an opinion here.
2: Uh,
0: uh. (laughs) So
1: that's where I started.
0: Wow. Wow. What a a, a start. We, we, we hear when we hear folks that, you know, have had a similar, let's say not so rosy beginning. Yeah. For many of them, unfortunately, it is a perpetual crushing and they develop some sort of, you know, shell as some sort of defense or cushion, defense mechanism to not let it penetrate any further in their heart. But at the same time, They find it very, very difficult to come out of that shell. What would you say helped you to absorb that, process it, but not be held hostage into perpetuity by it and able to shake free and still press on to even where you are today and even, you know, let's say years ago as you were coming out of it?
1: Yep. So I would say when you say, what did you do to not become in perpetuity of that? Uh I absolutely succumbed to it lots of times in my life, even up till the age of 48. Mm. So there were lots of times when I could not surmount it. I could not, you know, so my thing I learned how to do was I've always been in love with the underdogs. You're not supposed to have favorites, but my underdogs have always been my favorite because I was one. Yeah, because I was one. So I'm in love with, and have been, and even as a high school teacher later in life, was in love with the people who have had not a fair shake to begin, not a fair shake in life. Not right.
2: Uh-huh.
1: But my whole drive growing up and all of that was, I'm going to get out of here and go a thousand miles away from this, as far uh-huh. away from this as I can go. Uh-huh. That was my whole thing up till 18. Yeah. You know, like I have to be here right now, but I'm going to break out of this. I'm going to, you know, Right. So I'm getting a job. I'm promoted at work. Nobody had gone to college in my family before. Mm
2: -hmm. My sister
1: is 13 months older than me. And so my sister is smart. Mm
2: -hmm. My
1: sister is the polar opposite of myself. She is quiet and reserved and shy and smart. And college would have been so much easier for her, right? So she was the first one to be able to get in. I'm 13 months after her. We don't have means. My mother... So we, we were in a low-income housing project for a while, but what my mother would always want people to know is she always worked, mm-hmm. right? So she, she was not sitting back doing nothing, but when I graduated from high school, my mother was making a gross of 18000 with two daughters wow. and one in college. And so when I went to college, I had $200 of my own. And that was back in the day in the time when like, when you're 18, you're like, you're cut the cord. You're on your own. Good luck to you. Right. Mm -hmm. So I went to college with $200 and no clue how I was going to pay for that. Mm. Getting three jobs. Mm -hmm. And I was incredibly fortunate by one thing in high school. And that was, I was in a high school marketing class where the teacher saw some potential in me, mm. which I did not see in my own self. And mm. I have the ability to speak.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
1: I ended up being elected as a state DECA president by doing a political election, doing a speech in a red skirt that was ragingly inappropriate for the business conference. <laughs>
0: There's the maverick
1: <laughs> shaking my thing, you know. <laughs> Righto. And all my peers of 2000 voted for me, right? So that was honestly that teacher and those peers that yeah. just thought, wow, you know, we've never seen some attitude like this. Right. I had the yeah. blazer on because you were supposed to, but I'm like, I still met the dress code by doing the red skirt and I can't help it when I walk like my hip shake, man. Yeah, and, yeah. and why that happens is honestly Damn. one leg shorter than the other, but, right. it, but it rocks. But you if, know? You, if
0: you got it, you got it.
1: Listen, they still <laughs> talk about it. So it's funny. It was back in the eighties and like people still give me crap about it. They're like, We have never seen someone walk that stage like that. (laughs) What I, what I knew is this is the thing I got two speeds. I got, I got a hundred miles an hour or zero. Right. (laughs) And so back then I was like, what do I got to lose? This is so huge. Like, I don't even see me having a chance to make this thing. It's the same thing. I still do down in Naples Mm. of, it's so big. Like, what do I got to lose? I'm going to just allow myself to be free and get up there and say what I have to say. And if they like it, they like it. And if they don't, they don't. Right. Yeah. That was my first saving grace because it got me into college
0: mm-hmm.
1: was being DECA state president.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my, it's so many directions I want to go with. What you what So, so go ahead. I'm going to do this first and I'm going I'm to come back to, to, to mm-hmm. that you talked about the influence and impact that that teacher had on your upward trajectory just by kind of putting some wind behind your sails and speaking those affirming words to you. You also, over the course of your careers, have also been a teacher, and I'm sure you probably were your student's favorite teacher of all time. <laughs> um, did you take some of that experience that you felt as the recipient of those affirming words and kind of model your teaching style for that with your students. And that's question one. A question one B is how did your personal experiences um, of, you know, just verbal abuse and physical abuse and all those things give you kind of a sensitivity to see those same signs in some of your students to help pull them out of those kind of challenges as well?
1: One hundred percent. So I started out as Miss Martell mm-hmm. at 22 years old and my students were 18. Wow. All right. Wow. So I used to go to the lunch line. They try to charge me the student lunch. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm staff. Here's my ID card. I'm right. staff. Right. Mm-hmm. But I was in love with the students. Mm-hmm. I was in love with all of them. Right. So there was the student council kid that was like, everybody loved him. They get along with anybody. There was the kid that was incredibly challenged at home. Back in that day, there was the goth of like, nobody understood them, right? Mm -hmm. Then there was the athlete. For me, when you walk into my classroom, I care and love about every single one of you. One of the things that was the most popular about my class, it was back in the 80s and 90s, was... I'll listen to you because I understand in high school, it's not the best time of your life. Like everybody tells you Mm -hmm. so many people are absolutely miserable in high school. Mm -hmm. So my office, both before school, after school lunch and back in that day, they could call me at home Mm -hmm. until I got married.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I would listen Mm -hmm. of what's happening. Right. I was never disrespectful to their parents, but I was at least somebody who I'm listening to and I hear what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And I'm an inspirer like you, right? Like Mm -hmm. the hardcore thing, if nobody knows anything else about you, they know you're an inspiration and an inspirer, right? Mm -hmm. That is an amazing gift to be able to do in the world. And half of it is we can do that when we've sat on the roadside with enough people listening. Exactly. You know, to go, oh, my gosh, how you're sitting there talking to yourself. I wish you could see what I think of you. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Yeah. You yeah, know, exactly. Exactly. I mean, and then and and I, I like to share with people that in this technological age that we're you know living in, you cannot replace the value of humanity mm-hmm. and that human to human touch. I mean, we're wired yes. They even say some studies, you know, with babies, if you don't, you know, touch them and hold them, you know, as they are you know, in the first couple of months and things like that, it has a, like a lifelong impact on Absolutely. them. And if that is, Absolutely. The, you know, if, and if that is the purest form of life, when you're fresh out the womb, I think that that's indicative <laughs> mm-hmm. of a principle that we ought to adhere to for the rest of our lifetime from the cradle to the grave. Yes. You know,
1: it's very, very, very true. And I can tell you in particular just as a modern example, since COVID,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what that has done to people, myself included, which you would not guess,
2: mm. myself
1: included. And I knew that I had been affected enough because again, my children went off to college as they should uh. right before COVID started, like right, six, I mean, four months before COVID started. And I found myself in Wisconsin in a very nice, you know, safe, good home. But Dark, cold. Nobody's around, and I'm. I've worked remote for 19 years after I got laid off from teaching, mm-hmm. and so for me, um, shockingly, it even became me being attracted to voice mm-hmm. because everybody was just texting, and you didn't even have the voice of people calling you on the phone because yeah. we've gotten so out of that yeah. that I can even say personally, you know, somebody who appreciates technology and all of that of. One of the greatest things I appreciate about social media is being able to feel connected and meet people I never could have met in a in another world. And yet I also, at the same time, paradox, I'm in a place where I don't have physical contact with people Mm -hmm. very often. I'm now in a place where this is considered resort living. And so people often are not down here in Naples, you know, three months out of the year sometimes. Wow. So for me being a Midwest former wife, boy, that is not how we know how to do things. We're used to, our people are right there. We don't move away. You're there every day for me. I love you, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's all of those things I can absolutely relate to. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're critically important for the human soul.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that's an excellent segue into one of the other questions that I had yeah. relative to the whole technology piece. With these different communication modalities, mm-hmm. you don't always think about just the differences of, you know, mm-hmm. say an email, a text in person, face to face, a virtual, they all have different textures. And layers, you know, that reverberate both from the communicator as well as the one that's receiving that initial communication. That said, from street smart educator to social media influencer, (laughs) I've Mm -hmm. seen you really embrace and leverage over the years Mm -hmm. uh, social media platforms such as LinkedIn and TikTok to advertise and really grow your business. How did you get started in using those communication tools or the communication tool of social media And for not just social interaction, but as a business growth leveraging mechanism. How did you transition into that?
1: That's a cool story. So it is my former marketing student, Scott Thuey. Okay. Scott Thuey was a junior, senior high school guy in my class. He knows it. I give him credit every time. Give credit where credit's due, right? Right. It was 2009. Scott Thuey sent me a note. I was married. I had three kids, you know, and he said, you got to get on Facebook. And I thought, what in the world is this? And what would I even say there? Like, why would I even do that? You know, I don't Mm, get it. Yeah. He said, you have, you are fun, funny, intelligent street smart. We miss you in the classroom, right? Because how you see me on social media was a lot of how I was in the classroom. Like, I want to relate to you for real. Mm -hmm. I want to give you some things to think about. And I want to encourage you. And I want to not tell you what to do, but inspire you to learn on your own and decide for yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh gosh, I don't know about that, Scott. Well, I, that's where I started. And then I was in real estate at that time and started doing posts and all those kind of things. Then go to 2000 and and one of my builders in real estate was like, "You need to get on LinkedIn." And I thought, "Oh my god, that's the most boring platform. That's the last place I'm going. Like, I don't even know what to say there. I don't like it. I don't. I don't need a job, right? Because that's mm-hmm. all it used to be."
2: Uh-huh.
1: Then you fast forward to 2020 and Faith Die, who you and I both know from uh-huh. Disrupt. Right, love right,
0: right. her. Hey Faith, shout out
1: Faith. Yes, she's one of my sacred, like, she extraordinaire.
0: is
1: Yeah. She is my creative soul sister for sure. So she and I are really close friends. She comes down here with me and I go back to Wisconsin for her. Nice. She in 2020, we didn't know COVID was coming, right? Mm. She said, Sherry, I challenge you to get on video every single day of this year so that you let people see you in your full range. Because before then, I would hide. Mm -hmm. I did not want you to exactly see all the pieces of me. So I'll let you see just the professional I can do real estate. Right. But I didn't Mm -hmm. want you to see. I'm also funny. I also I cry. I get wiped on my ass just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, And she said, I want you to let people see you like I know you as my intimate friend. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's like worse than getting naked in front of everybody. right?" (laughs) Right. And she said, seriously, I just, that's the thing. And so all of 2020, I did a video every single day. They were street smart style. So they were like a professional coach for a minute to two minutes. They Mm -hmm. were on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and a lot of them I'd put on Facebook, Facebook. A lot of my former parents would send me messages and say, Oh my gosh, they miss you so much. They're so thrilled that they can see you this way. Right. And I was wow. like, oh, gosh, okay. Uh-huh. Well then LinkedIn was kind of like, well, you can't do this. This isn't Facebook. What are you doing here? You know, uh-huh. sometimes I would say something and then I would get some lashings from the public mm-hmm. and I would call faith and go, oh gosh, I want to delete this. Like I, I shouldn't have said that. She goes, girl don't you dare she Mm. said to me every single time she said i don't care how vulnerable you feel Mm -hmm. do not delete that post and i was like oh my gosh
0: (laughs) her fellow spice girl Oh, mm. <laughs> so
1: it, I mean, I I'm saying that because it was like swinging a bat, like mm. I'd swing it hard because that's how I feel. And that's my passion. Here we go. Like, let's do this thing. Yeah. And then I would duck because that's my former abuse behavior of like, oh, what did I say? And I don't want you coming for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Instead of just, hey, I swung it. It's what I meant. Right. It's what I want I say to it say. When I say it. I said what I said and just hold it. Right. Mm -hmm. And women on social media have a very difficult time. People don't understand that.
0: Let me let me jump in right here, Sherry, because you are flowing in the line of questioning that I had. Another question that I have for you is right in the same vein. It is while most of the banter about social media is bright and sunny, there are also some vestiges of a sordid underbelly that seemingly disproportionately affect women. This typically takes the form of unprofessional, offensive and downright lewd advances from men on these platforms. You have no problem calling offenders out on their BS and commentary and behavior that crosses the line. How common is this issue for you and perhaps other women on social media? And if there's another concurrent lane of challenge that's unique to women, please share that as well.
1: Yeah, so you know, I've kind of became a little bit as I'm senior. I'll be 55 next week.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow! Happy and um, be-
1: <laughs> Thank you. I always thank my mom, right? I thank yeah, my mom you got for great
0: genes because you, every- you 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 find whatever <laughs> age you are, ma'am. So I, keep up I'm the just- good work and keep drinking from whatever found the youth you drinking from.
1: Well, it's just trying to be healthy. Right. But yes, I would indeed. thank my mom for having me. That's what I say to her Got every you. year. She's like, it's your birthday. And I'm like, thank you for having me. Um,
0: <laughs> Shout out, <laughs> mom.
1: Exactly. But um, this is the thing, like most people don't talk about it. And I feel bad for husbands and boyfriends because mm. the women can't tell you how some days
2: mm. bad
1: it is. Wow. So so I will say. I particularly all the way up to 53 every single day. I, should, I can't even say that. I'm going to be 55. Let's be honest. Every single day. Still, wow. you get somebody feeling very comfortable to be as lewd as they feel to be every because day, every day, every day.
0: It's that frequent. Yeah. Every day. Wow. Every you, day. You can finish your thought. I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: No, you're fine. So I was going to try to say, Yeah, I think maybe it stopped two years ago. And then I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm thinking of the comments that were just, yeah, in my feed today. (laughs) Um, Every day. And so it doesn't have to do with age. It's your femininity, right? Mm -hmm. It's the fact that males, some males feel privileged that I, because you put yourself out here. Mm -hmm. No, I'm a teacher and I'm a conduit. Mm -hmm. And no matter how the person looks, I am not inviting you to do anything. Exactly. So, so this is a little bit of what we talked about before and I'll, I'll come back to the female thing. I was taught to hide because it's incredibly dangerous to be a very charismatic female. I was five and people love that spirit, right? Cause mm-hmm. I'm, I've got a good smile. I'm fun, funny, whatever. And people take that as an opportunity to, I get to come in and accost you and say whatever you, you know, or possess you or, or what really happens in the abuse arena is I love that. It's entertaining to me. I want that. And then because they feel emasculated, they want to abuse and criticize that out of you because they feel threatened by it. And it, wow. and that is sad, right? Mm-hmm. But, but women in general on social media, I have had everything between, it is literally a daily thing. I've been offered $50,000 to show up from somebody on LinkedIn, a very wealthy man to um, put my feet in certain shoes. And here's disgusting. What? His little fantasy was, I will not touch you. Watch this. I will not touch you. I want my male friends circled around you and I'm going to do something certain sexually that I won't touch you, but something's going to come on you. And I want my guy friends to watch me do that.
0: Wait, no. The communication of that came through social media?
1: It came through LinkedIn. It came through a 28-year-old male baiting me for three years, trying to get me to take Louis Vuitton shoes. Wow.
0: Okay. Oh, man, man. So that's an example of some of the stuff that is out here. So yes. what, what, is, what does one do when they are, you know, in, in their full self, full expression, having fought like heck to come out of shales and to suppress uh, symptoms of mm-hmm. shale-like tendencies or shale-inducing tendencies when you come up against That How do you continue to press on and say, you know what? See, I gave it a shot. And no matter what, I just can't avoid these things. So let me just withdraw altogether because that'll lessen my chances of having to put up with it at all. How do you keep going?
1: I mean, it's very hard. So I have super great, tight, close girlfriends and guy friends that one of them's faith of okay. she's fully aware. I've been stalked from Wisconsin to down here. It is not a is not. Yeah, it's not an easy what? thing. And when I get in that place or I'll say this carefully, somebody former in my life seven years ago who used to have intimate, private uh, you know, access to my life is now trying to come back through social media to get access. And what are you doing? And what are you like? It's none of your business. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it is a, unfortunately the reality is it's a cycle. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we feel confident and safe because it's a safety issue. That's the bottom line. It's a safety issue. Sometimes we feel confident and safe. And when we don't worry about them, then we are what you see our full selves on social media. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it's quiet and calm, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's sassy. Sometimes it's whatever. When we get threatened like that, the first thing we want to do is get off social media, quit. I've Mm -hmm. been ready to retire for about the last eight years. Wow. My sacred people will say to me, Sherry, please do not do that for your own self, but also for all the women behind you. My daughters are now in a professional jobs, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want my daughters experiencing what I do. My son is incredibly respectful. You good men are incredibly Supportive and helpful of us. Mm -hmm. And so it is honestly this up and down thing like this, Yeah, you know, where occasionally we feel like this is this may shock people. So, I mean, my TikToks kind of TikToks are kind of wild and well known. Yeah, it is the place I feel the most safe second to YouTube to speak with my own voice. And, you know, on LinkedIn, yeah. I used to speak with my own voice every day. Every video was me just chatting and whatever Yeah, that, that is a platform that I don't know those people. I know you guys on LinkedIn, right. I feel a little safer. I still deal with some stuff, but I, but I've been there long enough that I feel safe and it's a protected environment for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I have a big, huge influencer marketing company really pushing me to start speaking on TikTok. Right. And every time I like walk. Okay. So I can do these, like I can get, you know, some of them I have, you know, 800,000 views on my TikToks cause they're funny. Yeah. And they're smart. And I'm he's like, geez, we need your voice. Like we need you to talk. And yet I don't know those people over there, wow. you know? So, so we right. go through a real working it through yeah, it's a process. And at the same. Yeah. And at the same time, I'll tell you when you ask me the question about business and money and whatever, first of all, in the beginning, Facebook certainly monetized my real estate business. Mm. Then I got over to LinkedIn and people got to know me a little bit and it certainly monetized my speaking career. Right. And mm-hmm. then COVID hit where we're like, we're not speaking as much. Then I went into this whole, uh, the world is a little too, um, just heartbreaking for me. And there's un- 2020, right. Of mm-hmm. COVID and all of the, um, racism backlash, which breaks my heart. Yeah, and I mean, had people, peace. Oh, and let me tell you something about that. Mm-hmm. My, it breaks my heart, right? Because I'm a humanist. I had people come after me on that of, if you are not willing to die as a single mother, you do not support us. Really? And I was like, I don't think that's true about me. Yeah. That was absolutely said to me, actually by somebody out of Milwaukee. And they said, if you will not let us use the Sherry St. Marie voice, it's not true what you said that you love us, that you care. I can't die for my kids because I believe in anything, anything. I can't Uh as best I can. Like it might happen to me someday, but I am a single mother with three children. And that was the first time my mother said to me my entire life. And I've been a professional speaker since I was 12. Mm -hmm. Please stop talking, Sherry. Please stop talking for your own physical safety for yourself and your kids. That's why you saw the swing (laughs) in my social media. (laughs) Oh,
0: Sherry, I, I knew you had some, you know, waves, some ebbs and some flows. I didn't have any idea it was this gigantic in terms of what was coming at you personally just for expressing your voice. People always talk about this is my truth. This is my truth. Well, Sherry is rocking her truth. What what you got a problem with? What is what is that?
1: And the scary part, here's it, right? So, I mean, it happened to be somebody out of Milwaukee that then after they did that started stalking me to Madison of what I was wearing, where I was at, and that was not okay, right? But here's the thing that is not okay. This is women. I don't know how many men get that, but but here's the thing, like right now I am incredibly seasoned. I will be 55 next week. Mm -hmm. I am a female energy in this world who loves a lot of people. I see things differently because of the experiences I've had in life being that I'm an empath because of what I've experienced, mm. I watch and track, like, you know, fighter pilots, mm-hmm. they see and track and watch every little thing differently. I have a different ability of that same thing where yeah. I go, Oh my gosh, I'm worried for all of us humanity this way.
2: Mm-hmm. It
1: would be beneficial for me to not censor myself with everything going on politically and otherwise yeah. at this time in history, because I've lived 30, you know, 55 years this way. Yeah. And and I have so many people going, come on, girl, like get back up there. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and yet the reality is this is true of males, females, um, transgender, everybody. We get shot and killed today. Mm-hmm. This is what it is. Right. This mm-hmm. is part of. Reality, no matter how much we'd like to say, go ahead and use your social media or whatever. So that's the part that a lot of us are balancing that others have no clue about,
0: Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's real talk. You know, everybody can, you know, you can do, we're all free moral agents. You can do what you want to do. You know, we got free speech, but there also are, you know, some consequences to said free speech as well. And either you are prepared to roll with what comes with that, whatever Mm -hmm. that is, or you, you know, adjust how, when, where you do things. And that's just quite frankly, really wisdom. You know what I'm saying? You have to know what you're facing and knowing what you're facing is is half the battle. In a similar vein, many folks, business owners, entrepreneurs will surf social media platforms and view the content but are afraid to put themselves out there proactively to post content. The, I'll say, hardcore, extreme stuff notwithstanding, what would you say to, given that you've been able to monetize and leverage social media to help grow your business, what advice would you give to individuals who are thinking, you know, I see a lot of cool stuff out there, but I don't really know, I don't really have a voice, nobody will hear what I have to say, it won't make sense What would you say to the person that's on the fence of I've been thinking about getting out there, but eh, kind of, you know, psych myself out.
1: The exact it. opposite of everything I've been telling you. So let's get down to this.
0: Okay.
1: Hmm. Here's the opposite side of all that stuff. It is incredibly fun. Mm. It can be. I will tell you honestly. Since probably 2009, I have made all my money relatively from social media, not from being paid as an influencer. All right.
2: Uh-huh. But
1: mm, recently, one of my biggest clients I've ever had 7 million, where'd they come from? TikTok through LinkedIn.
2: Wow.
1: So, so I only say that for the juxtaposition of, yep, for certain women, it can be a you know, scary thing if you're not going super vanilla, mm-hmm. You know, of just don't upset anybody, which we can't do. Now you're going to hear the marketing teacher come out with me, right? (laughs) Come
0: on and break. Let's go.
1: I mean, I'm a street smart teacher, right? And I want Mm -hmm. to encourage every soul to use your talent in this world. So Mm -hmm. this is what I would say. And actually, I had this conversation last night with a girlfriend who she is just, I mean, her essence is just gorgeous. She is, she comes across well, you're going to see her. I'm just going to say her name, Ruthie um, Morrissey. And so Lovely she was Morrissey. with me last night okay. and she is a realtor down here in Naples. She is a tall. And when I say gorgeous, I'm talking about her essence. It is mm-hmm. just like, she's bold. She yeah. is smart. She carries herself like, mm. I mean, I can't be like she is right. Mm-hmm. And I will say to her who feels a little uncomfortable on video My gosh, we need all this flavor, right? Exactly. And certainly not that everybody needs to be. What do I need and who appeals to me Mm -hmm. in the feed? Yeah. This may surprise you. It is the calm males that I go. (gasps) (sighs) Because, yeah. Uh. So for me, who I a lot of times, particularly on TikTok, just in the fast feed of 10, 15 minutes, and they're all different ages. They're not, it's not a, so there's actually a young guy who's on there who is just, his voice is so like calm and relaxing, but he's like confident. And I just Mm -hmm. go, I melt like butter listening to that guy. I listen (laughs) to anything he says, you know, right? (laughs) So my point about that is that's the, that's the piece of who would ever want all the same in this world. That would be awful. Or what I will tell you that I love about being down here in the Naples area is I have met a bigger range of people, a bigger variety. They have opened my mind. They have taught me things I never thought I would do or think about. Mm -hmm. That is the beauty if you, anybody, would be willing to post anything on social media, whether it is you're comfortable with something you're going to say, and that's Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Whether you're comfortable with an image that is, wow, that made me think. Here's the trick of video. I run everything off an iPhone. I have no staff, as I told you. You're fancy. you got staff. (laughs) I have no staff. Everything I do is this, I jokingly say, this little mom off an iPhone. I've been doing that since, you know, 2003. Wow. All you need to do is turn it on and talk to one person Uh. that you really care about. That's it. And then here's the big, huge trick. Forget the likes. Forget them. You don't care. You could have one like that you sh- you saved their life literally. Mm. You would have no clue cuz you're sitting there over with what the social status tells you of you got to have like you got to make money directly from social If you save one life because you were willing to get on that post, I think that that was pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah, it it's, it's in- invaluable.
1: Absolutely. And so then here's the other funny thing and I'm just a little bit of a smart ass, you know, people watch me on social media and they go, "Gosh, you joke around too much. Could we use you for serious?" the people that I carefully let into my life that know me personally, you've felt my energy when you and I are in a room together, right? Yeah. It is something, you know, it's different than a lot of people. It's a
0: real life force.
1: (laughs) And so I used to be like all survival was don't let people see that, protect that, hold back. Mm. Well, since I have practiced and I have to do it every day, letting that out, it is amazing to me, the different things that are happening. So when you watch my social media, You would never think I have an an international project of people that came to me and I got to know somebody personally and quietly that we're going to do something in Florida I've never done before. It's in the commercial and luxury real estate space that is not my life. Let me tell you, I'm a single mom, you know, finishing my last kid in college. Mm -hmm. And yet he came to me because I'm an American woman. I was the first woman on the team. You know, I'm going, he goes, listen, I watch you. You're authentic. I, and I've seen you on the backside, which I'm very professional and polished when I'm doing real estate, right? I never would have had that opportunity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That mess. Oh my goodness. So many more questions. So many more questions. Just just a few more and I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you roll. On, On that very piece, is there a correlation or comparison and contrasting To and with how you communicate with your content on social media, to how you communicate with clients during in-person business deals discussion, is there what's the 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 relationship? What's the ebb and flow? There the same overlap? Two distinct things? Can you share a little bit more about that?
1: I would tell you they're two distinct things. So I would tell you, (laughs) social media, I, I either mess around or I'm a little more serious, and I want you to think. Mm -hmm. Or I want you to hear something profound,
2: you know, Mm -hmm. in
1: person, when you're really with me in um, my professional life, which can be consulting business owners in their private life. Mm -hmm. And I don't share that on social media because it sounds bad being a female Mm -hmm. to doing real estate, to doing anything really that I'm open to. That's 1099 legal and ethical. Right. (laughs) OK, let's talk about it. I'll think about how can I do this. Right. Facts. That's facts. But I will say to you that I am. 100% Hundred percent more professional with my clients mm-hmm. than you see on social media. Gotcha. I'm usually much more like I don't ever want to offend. I don't, especially if it's um, women and I'm dealing with the husband or what. Totally more professional. My Midwest values. My overtry. My people pleaser. Right. Yeah. And then my clients are funny, and they mm-hmm. go, "Here's a perfect example." tiktok i have a regular crazy account because i just wanted to be able to do all the creative fun stuff of the my old marketing days Mm -hmm. and i have a real estate account The real estate account is much more serious i hardly have anything out there i should have a ton going into 20 years on there Mm -hmm. right and i didn't want my clients in real estate to know i had this personal tiktok account because it's a little bit wild yeah. They all say to me, Sherry, forget it. We want. Yeah. OK, we want to know some of that real estate stuff. But we want this over here of like we get to see Sherry the way she really is, that free spirit. Right. Yeah. And I go. ooh.
0: So it hasn't been a, a <laughs> dash. I, I can kind of almost hear folks minds kind of twirling right now saying, well, hey, if I show too much personality and effervescence, that might diminish the professional crowd's impression of who i am what it sounds like you've just described is that no it's not been held against you as hey we thought you were professional here you are some goofball no that has actually enhanced your professional chops and moxie because they see that you're not one-dimensional and the full range of who you are is quote-unquote allowable and they're able to bifurcate between Sherry the professional and Sherry the fool person. She is a yes. person who happens yes. to do this real estate stuff. That's not yes. necessarily, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, and I would that, say
1: it like that for sure. Of okay. for me and the way I live my life mm-hmm. is about. I don't know if I'm making it to Tuesday. I just don't. And I felt like that since mm. I was a kid. You know that I'm incredibly healthy and everything's all great, but I have always felt like I'm going to live today, right? And I, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get it's today. So I'm going to get the most I can out of today yeah. and make the biggest difference. So when I'm doing my professional part, you're exactly right. I live my whole life mm-hmm. and I happen to do real estate and other things.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: When it, with the thing, the caveat I want to make is that people sometimes watch or hear me and go, Oh my gosh, but I'm not as loud as you, you and I are both speakers. You and mm-hmm. I are both comfortable And it's fun at the mic. It's a toy, right? Right. Other people are like, make me puke. I can't, right? (laughs) And so this is what I say. The whole thing about, you just said, is it I'm a little nervous about not being so professional, letting them see? This is what we need to understand. When we used to go to an old school office We were taught to be a work widget and go in there and pretend you're not a human and don't talk about anything. And Mm -hmm. maybe you are aren't have a family or whatever you're doing.
0: Be seen and not heard. (sighs) Right. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh huh. And now we are for a very long time. You have a full life and I want to know that. So Mm. what is way more interesting to people, honestly, is yes, you do your work. But who else are you? Because that also might intrigue me Mm -hmm. better. Do you know why my clients come to me? Which I have all range of clients from, you know, first time to, you know, very big price points to a lot of males. Why are the males with me? Because they are people who, for whatever personal reason, don't have the women in their lives anymore. Mm -hmm. Whether that was a wife passed on, um, children grew up, whatever it is. They want the female eye and the female coziness and feel of a home. Mm -hmm. Because I know business-wise, the guy says how to buy this maybe, but I don't know how to make it feel like, and I don't mean from a designer perspective. I mean from a, did you think about this little piece in the home? Let's do this, right? Or let me help you look about, you're at this stage. Let's do the primary bedroom away from the other pieces. And then let's do this. And I'm learning all of that from listening to my clients Mm. of what is their lifestyle choices and things because that piece is missing in their lives. Well, I can professionally step in and do that. I'm intelligent. I'm a heck of a lot of fun Mm -hmm. and we can do all of these pieces where to you, you feel like, gosh, this is the last thing I want to do, but I have to buy a real estate asset. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, and, and for everybody it's a totally different experience, and so my job isn't to have this template. It's mm-hmm. I'm really listening to you, and usually, size fits all. I can't stand that. Right, mm-hmm. and most of them are shocked of you, Sherry, listening to me and and talking a few times and doing a Zoom or a Facetime or whatever. How did you get within the first three houses or five at the worst? Mm-hmm. Exactly what I was asking you for and thinking about. Because I got that female intuition and I listened to you and your lifestyle. That's why. let me let me, why.
0: let me ask you this, Sharon. These are my last couple of questions. I'm gonna wrap up with, with with these last couple. Yeah. You said something really powerful there. This you learn I'm I'm in this business training master class, joint mastermind piece. And one of the big keys is that, you know, we're we're taught you learn By listening, you learn by listening, you learn by listening to to the client. You've just described that same thing. What is Mm -hmm. it that you do learn? How do you skillfully listen to the client to be able to deliver what they need?
1: So my this is a a skill, a talent, right? Okay. Most people ask really bad static questions. Mm -hmm. What I do, which we did not used to talk about as a business skill, but it is amazingly priceless is intuition. I use my intuition to know what question to ask you based on Mm. what you just said, because I was a life coach for a long time. Uh I've listened to hundreds and hundreds of people. I can go, I heard you say this. Mm. They didn't even hear themselves say this. And I Mm. go like, here's a perfect example of this, right? I had a business owner gentleman right when I came down to Naples and he had unfortunately lost his wife. She passed away from cancer. And he said, Sherry, sure, you know, I in 45 years have never picked a home before. I'm going to be up in New Jersey and I'm going to be down here. My kids and grandkids don't really want me to do this, but I feel like I need to get on with my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And he said, I, these are kind of some of the things that I eventually want a woman back in my life, but I'm not ready yet. Right. Mm -hmm. These were how simple they were. I did two contracts with him. One was about listening to what he might dream his life might be like at this new stage Mm -hmm. where he can come and go for whatever it is he wants to do. And then here's how simple it got down to listening to him. One, I'm a female asking him about the way it used to be with his wife. What things did he like about that? What things might he want to keep? Mm -hmm. And then what things might he like different? And he was somebody who had a bunch of artwork, right? Gotcha. So he had this piece, he had several pieces of artwork that were, you know, pricey. And I tuned into this one piece that he said was his favorite and picked out something inside there
2: mm-hmm.
1: and was like, is, Oh, I see. That's how you see. He was an investor. Right. Uh-huh. I said, Oh, that's how you see yourself. Uh-huh. He goes, what I go, that is anybody who buys personal art that it, they, it's an, a, you have a feel to it, you know, yeah. unless you're personally just buying this was a name and here's why I got it. Right. It's a tangential so,
0: extension of who you are.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. There you go. And you it went you. all the way down to we use that piece to go, okay, let's let's do this type of because he's now describing his new life, even though he didn't realize he was doing that, right? Wow. And it went down to as simple as here's some girly things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He in his new primary bedroom, I say, okay, because we also want to be open to the possibilities of what you want to do. We can't furnish this place like a man den. Mm -hmm. We're going to furnish this place. Like it's open to um, women or your company or whatever you might do. So even in the master or primary bedroom on the other side of the bed, I picked some female decorating pieces because it leaves it open to some new female to come to him. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: And he's like, and and even in the bathroom, I'm like, let's pick, you can have your little more masculine toothbrush holder, but over here, let's do a, you know, it's like nice and clean and shiny. Right. And he goes, what are you talking? Because he's an investor. He's accounting. He's law. He's yeah. and I'm like, you got to open this because it's a home. It's about yeah. how does it feel when I walk in? And he's like, oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. he met somebody within three months and he's like happy as a clam. So yeah.
0: I mean, th- that that's that. Thank you for sharing that story. That's that's yeah. an awesome depiction of the differentiation between men and women there are some distinctions now we got we got similarities everybody has 210 bones everybody's blood is red everybody you know has a brain but there are some differences in the essence of who we are and that informs our respective intuitions and on that same note in terms of you all see and you all being women, you all see and feel stuff in a different kind of aesthetic than we as men do. I remember when I was, and you just reminded me of this story when I first got my apartment, young guy, you know, early twenties mm-hmm. or whatever. And I got it, and my thing was, I got the keys. This is my own joint. I got you know the basic. You got your is,
1: wallet and the keys. Uh, that's uh,
0: true. Wa- I got my exactly, wallet and the keys. Exactly. Wallet and the keys. I'm good to go. Got the couch. Got the little kitchen table. Whatever. Da-da-da-da. So a little cousin of mine used to hang out <laughs> with my aunt and uncle. My aunt has since passed. Uh, net mm-hmm. shout out. net may, may she rest in peace. And Odell, they had a daughter, Tanzania, my cousin, who, younger than me, she was about maybe in between six to eight years old at this time. Mm-hmm. And she had come over, her and Odell had come over, uh, her dad, my uncle, and she to check out my apartment. Oh, okay, you got the crib now. And as a little girl, she's a she's a female, so she still has energies in miniature form, but is there nonetheless. Absolutely, she walks in, and you're kind of looking around, kind of quiet, just observing, doing whatever your you know do, 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 do your radar is. And uh, she was like, "I says, hey, how do you how you know how you doing? I'm I'm okay." Then she says, um, "You you like it talking to me?" I said, "Yeah, that's my." This is this my, this my apartment. This is my place. She says, uh, where are the pictures on the wall? Mm-hmm. It seemed like and she was like six or six to eight years old. Yeah. And it was something that was missing that while this is your, your place, sir, it's still incomplete. <laughs> you know I mean? She, you know, <laughs> she's six to eight years old. She can't articulate like that. But that's what she was feeling. And when she said it, it did something to me like, you know what? Maybe mm-hmm. I didn't just blow it off as little kid. Shut up and get somewhere. And say, I said, I know what you're talking about. Be quiet. It was like, she's a, a teacher. It, yeah. She's a teacher. There was some revelation there. So yeah. that's real.
1: That's the difference between. Is it a place you live or is it a home? A home is right here. Mm. And I will also tell you from one of my Swiss wow. people, I learned Because, you know, further, let's take that, right? That's a beautiful, and that child is your teacher as much as you are hers. Mm. I always knew that as a parent, right?
2: Mm.
1: I am both a student and teacher at the same time, and it is not a hierarchy thing. Mm. A child is an angel teacher for every one of us, Mm. you know? And when we get that piece between, is it a place I live or is it a home? Mm -hmm. The other piece that transitions as we get, you know, a little bit older in life as well is now that my children are um, on their own and whatever, it is not as critical of the family home and kind of things. But I had a Swiss gentleman say to me, and this was in a personal situation, he's like, you feel like home to me. Like you are my home, right? Ah. My home, right? Yeah. And I got that totally because it also, we eventually evolved to, it doesn't have to be our physical space. It is who in this world feels like home to me. And mm-hmm. I feel like home whenever I'm with you, whether we're sitting on a bench or we're in someplace fancy or we're on the side of the road, fixing a tire,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you, your heart feels like home to me, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's all those different layers. Yeah, And, but let me shadow back to you guys who I appreciate, right? Mm-hmm. It, we appreciate sometimes it just in general terms, the maleness of the logical and stability and strength and not that they should have to carry that all the time either. It's too heavy.
2: Mm -hmm. Right? Because a
1: man can cry in his home. A man can be himself in his home. More males. Exactly. And more males have actually, this just happened a week ago in the pool. This angel visited me, literally this man who was 75 years old. He came walking up to fix the pool. He was rolling his tools in a suitcase. Mm. And I had jokingly just done a TikTok in a formal red dress. And I was in the pool soaked when he came walking up. Okay. (laughs) I was like a little embarrassing, but I thought, well, just sit here and act like it's normal. Talk to him because I was mesmerized by his suitcase to carry his tools. I've I've been in the trades for 19 years. I've never seen that. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, don't you know the story about Native American children? I'm Native American, so I'm Chippewa and Shawnee. Okay, Okay. that's my dad. And he said, don't you know that? He was white, Mm blue-eyed. And he said, I'm Native American. I'm like, isn't this interesting? We all think something looks a certain way and it's not necessarily what it is. And he said, I was one of 11 children. And the priest came to my mother's home and said, you've got too many. We're coming back here to take some. And don't you know, they used to just kill Indian children. We called it Indian then today. It's called Native American, but um, they would just kill them and bury them. There's burials of all kinds of kids. That was just too many. So they would kill them and just put them in the ground, you know? And he said, I would have been one of those because they were coming back. The priest was coming back the next day. I stood there in the surreal moment. The church
0: was doing this?
1: A priest came to his mother's home and said that to her. And I I am in the pool listening to this man. He is 75 Mm -hmm. and I am such an empath, right? And I'm also Native American. And I'm just, you know, I said to him, I was taught as a kid not to say I'm Native American because it's dangerous, Mm -hmm. not to say I'm Indian, right? I was just over tan because my mom was very white. Mm -hmm. And he said, that's what they used to tell us. And I just like sat back and was like, I can't even imagine this piece. He goes, but you know what my mother did? My mother went, there is no way you're taking my kids. So they (laughs) were actually in Canada. The um, mother was French and the dad was um, Indian and they came to America. And he said, I am only alive today because my mother had enough strength in her to say, you are not taking my children from my home. Mm. You do not get right. And they were on the run. And I just sat there like, you've got to be kidding me, Mm. you know, but Mm. but for him his mother was home right it wasn't about physically where they were or yeah. what they were doing that mother was home or dad's are home for us or You know, those kind of things. And so, so much of it is interesting as you listen to different people and learn in life. And that's the part that I think is amazing when we share on the playground together, you know,
0: Wow, wow, man, see,
1: see. He only told, I was the third person. So why I'm telling you, this is me and all my feminine energy that's out now that I've hit a lot in my life. Yeah. He said to me, he goes, I'm just a little bit mesmerized by you right now. He goes, I have only told in my 75 years other people that story one of which is his wife mm, Yeah, I said I know why that happened it's because he felt safe with me right yeah. he felt safe as a man who was never allowed to talk about his feelings or what happened or whatever that I would listen and um, hold that for him you know
0: yeah that's man
1: so it's what we can do for each other you yeah know?
0: that's awesome the last two questions Sherry because yep. I could go on for a whole hour another hour you shared a whole lot and I'm sure we all know a bit more about the layers of Sherry. Tell us something that, you know, a little known fun fact about Sherry that you have not shared thus far.
1: Oh gosh, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I I probably, I'm open at this point in my life to any fabulous fun thing Mm -hmm. happening for me. Exactly. You know, I am I am free and ready to go. And so, when I am great, is here's a fun fact. Concrete the song "Leave Her Be Wild."
2: Mm-hmm. Leave her mm, be wild.
1: Leave her be wild. Does me all day long, and it's a beautiful song about when I am able to be as free and um, charismatic and going is mm-hmm. when a person and the song's written, you know, for a man. Like, understand my values are very principled, loyal, regular foundation. I'm not like a hippie go live in a tent person. Mm-hmm. My spirit can feel that way when I have a safe, solid, secure background, right? Wow. Of whether that's your home life of the, you know, whatever. And then I'm a wild Mustang. So if you can understand controls the biggest thing that ruins that. Mm. As you see in a lot of my social medias, I'm all goofing around, whatever the majority of that is, is me being a free spirit in this world. Mm -hmm. And yet functionally, I'm coming home to the same place every day. I have no track record of anything scathing that anybody would say married or unmarried, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the part that so many people, like they get enamored with the butterfly. It's a butterfly when you got a wild spirit, but when you try to cage them or you try to hold them or what, that's what kills it. Right. Mm. And it doesn't mean somebody like that is also, which is very true of me, Incredibly attracted to stability and um, safety and values and all of those things, mm. and those two opposites yeah. are what beautifully work for me.
0: Okay. You know? Okay. Okay. Then miss Philo- wild Okay. Then Breaking yeah. that all down. Last yep. question for you: um, How those that you know might have been intrigued by you know this interview and information want to hear more about not just the personal story but also trying to traipse down to Naples to get, you know, some, some real estate and stuff. How can folks get in contact with you?
1: Um, The easiest way is LinkedIn. And so my phone number is actually right inside my profile on there. So LinkedIn is the place that I post every day and I'm most out there. I leave my Facebook private because of the situations that I've had, but I do have a public Instagram and also two accounts on TikTok. So official Sherry St. Marie and also Sherry St. Marie real estate.
0: There you go. There you go. And
1: YouTube. I have two different YouTube channels if you just go under my name. So, you know, I'm out
0: there. I love Sherry St. Marie, you can find out here on these social media streets, good people.
1: If, if you Google my name, it's embarrassing. I had somebody last night that the, he's a gentleman who's a little bit older and he's very accomplished. And he said, I saw your Wonder Woman video last night. And I go, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And he found it on YouTube. So, yeah, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Give us the correct spelling of your name, Sherry, and we'll wrap it up with that.
1: It is Sherry, S-H-E-R-I, and then separate capital S-T, no period, I am no formal saint, separate word Marie, M-A-R-I-E.
0: Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much, Sherry. This has been a great, great show. Lots of good stuff. And I might have to, you know, circle back with you to do a part two, because there was some other stuff I didn't even get a chance to get into about the mom stuff. How do you bounce back from the board, all so much stuff, but I wanted to, you know, I didn't want to wear out my welcome to have you not <laughs> on the road with me again. Sometimes you in the future,
1: are possibly. never, you have one of those personalities that right away, right? I loved it. I, you, you um, do the exact same thing I do in sharing in the world and all that kind of stuff. It is yeah. my greatest, uh, opportunity to contribute with you and. Anytime you say, this is the joke of me, like it's bad marketing. I'm easy and I say yes, but just don't tell everybody, right?
0: (laughs) Your (laughs) secret is safe with me, my friend. Yeah.
2: So you
1: ask me again, I'll say yes to you.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Folks, thanks for listening. We were joined, as you've heard, by the wonderful Sherry St. Marie. So thank you for listening and your viewership on today. Remember to like, share, and subscribe to the Communication Guru Podcast. Also, be on the lookout for the morning inspiration vlog, which are inspirational words of encouragement to put some wind behind your Because sometimes you need an attaboy boy or an a girl when you're in the midst of doing what it is you do. You can find these on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And finally, if you have a communication issue that you may need some assistance with, be it personal, organizational, business-wise, relational, or any other way and would like to do a free 15 to 30 minute uh, discovery call or consultation, feel free to find me and DM me on Instagram at Mr. Tim or you can find me also on LinkedIn, Facebook under Tim McMurtry. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate your viewership and listenership. And until next time, blessing and increase to you. Bam.